Camden Community Radio. For more information and to volunteer, email info at ccradio.org. You're listening to Camden Community Radio. I'm Alex and I'm joined by the cast and crew of five-star production Central Storyline. This play focuses on how immigration and separation shape a person's identity. It begins by looking at the kinder transport, which brought thousands of Jewish refugee children to the UK between 1938 and 1940, without their parents. Their lives had been in danger under the Nazis. This was a rescue mission. But how has life for immigrants evolved over time? And is it ever okay to separate a child from their parents? I'm Daniela, and I am the director of Central Storyline. Hello, I'm Duncan Hodgkinson. I'm French, but grew up in Spain and now living here in London. And I'm an actor. I'm Heidi. I'm an actress in Central Storyline, and I'm from Denmark. I'm a lawyer. I'm one of the actors as well, and I grew up in Sweden. So what's the show about? What can we expect from Central Storyline? It's a show that starts in 1940, when the last kinder transport to escape the German forces arrives in London at Liverpool Street Station. The kinder transport scheme saved almost 10,000 children before the Second World War broke out. So that was children from Germany, Czechoslovakia, Austria, Poland, Holland, who came here to England. Three children are left on their own, not being picked up. Do they make it on board the kinder transport? So they arrived at Liverpool Street Station and some of them were expected to be picked up. But a lot of people actually went to the station to choose a child based on looks or what they were looking for. And some children never got picked up, so got sent to foster families or other homes that would take them in. So these particular characters are just left on the platform, and that's the opening of the play. It's a play that travels in time. So every scene is 10 years later, which is really exciting. And we get to see a bit of history, stuff that's happened in England. But most importantly, we see how these three children adapt, um, settle in, grow up, live their lives. Sometimes it is historical, but sometimes it's just life. Going through a heartbreak or losing a loved one, we deal with a lot of different topics and issues. And how do you do that? Because it's all set on a train line, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah we should clarify that. Our play is set on the tube. <laughs> it's called Central Storyline. It's set on the central line. We created the show together and we had to come up with scenarios that made sense for us of why they would be on the tube at that particular day and that particular time. Sometimes it's really late at night, very early in the morning or during rush hour. So there are enough circumstances that we could come up with where we see these three characters on the train. We think that it's worked so far, and it was a nice connection to the fact that that's how they arrive. The fact that you're all immigrants having come together to produce this show, which is about immigrants, is that just a coincidence? Not really. We got together because we're all theatre makers. I should probably say we are fingers-crossed theatre company. And we were all quite interested in creating our own shows and our own way of doing theatre. And I think the Kinder Transport really connected with us. Yeah, because we're immigrants, but also because it's an important story to tell. It's the 80th anniversary this year. It's a generation that we're losing. All these survivors, they are 
in the 80s and the 90s. And it's a story that's barely been told on stage or on TV, on screen. And I think it's important that we make sure that we don't forget what happened back then. What can we learn from it? This show immediately caught my eye with the strapline, was Trump inspired by the kinder transport? What does Donald Trump have to do with the kinder transport and why are we bringing it back into the theatre now? It was a huge shock to all of us this year when we heard what was happening in the US. A lot of refugees come to America. Trump is separating the kids from their parents. The kids have been put into cages and the parents are being put for trial. The Trump administration's separation policy states that anyone caught crossing the US border illegally, even if they are seeking asylum, will be subject to criminal prosecution. As children cannot be legally detained in federal jails in the US, parents have been put in jails whilst waiting for trial, and children have been kept in detention centres. Trump has since backed down and said that parents and children can be detained together. However, there was not a clear system to ensure parents and children were reunited. An estimated 3,000 children remain separated from their parents. The kinder kids, most of them became Nobel Prize winners and authors and doctors and did so much for society. And the fact that the United States is going, no, we cannot let this happen. The United States is depriving the great possibility of even a better future. Even though, yes, the UK did open its borders, it also decided to separate them from their families. And that was really hard. And we just couldn't believe that history was repeating itself and that he was allowing this to happen in the United States. And so it just brought back full circle our play and the fact that it's the 80th anniversary of the Kinder Transport this year. Separating children from their parents, do you think that that's ultimately a bad idea? Very much so. Growing up without parents can be terrifying. We speak about these kids that came to England in 1940 without parents. If they were lucky enough to reunite with their parents in the future, say after World War II, a lot of the times they wouldn't connect with their parents because it had been more than six years since they had seen them. So the argument that the kinder transport saved all the children, do you think that ultimately it would have been better to leave them there? I think people would leave the theatre asking those types of questions. We feel like this act that happened in history is a very complicated one. And I think that's why people have enjoyed seeing our show, because we watch these characters grow old and they have to wrestle with that. Yes, I was saved, but I also went through this very traumatic experience. Mm -hmm. And what does that do to a human being? Because it already happened, these children were separated from their families. That's why we don't understand why someone would want to do that to other children today. It just didn't make any sense. Yeah, there's definitely a positive feeling behind it because it did save all these lives, but I think at a cost. For Donald Trump, who has been separating around 3,000 children from their parents, what kind of message do you want to give out to people who think that actually that's an all right thing to do? Children should never be separated from their parents. I've never had to deal with that, thank God. But I remember being five years old and losing my mum in the supermarket. And it was only for five minutes, but I was terrified. I thought I'd never see her again. And this is just much more extreme. It's a trauma, I think, in these children you can't fix. A lot of the research that we did about these children is they thought that they were leaving their homes because 
they were behaving badly because their mom or dad didn't like them and they had been sent to another country to be punished. So the fact that they're so young is also very difficult for them to process and understand not only a move but a separation. And I think that has huge, huge implications about how you see the world and how you grow up, how you relate to other people, having difficulty then maybe later relating to other parents. And then if you become a parent, how that relationship affects your own children. I think there are a lot of repercussions. You're all immigrants yourselves. How has that impacted your life? And what do you think that's brought to the production? I don't think we'll ever fully understand because none of us have been separated in that way from our families. But definitely moving to another country has loads of baggage. Identity or not feeling like you belong or trying to fit in. And then also, how do people perceive you? And how does that make you feel? Trying to assimilate into a society that's not yours. Yeah, you deal with a lot. So I think, in a way, some of us have been able to pull from that for our story. So what was your experience? I've lived in five different countries, just for different life circumstances, for wanting to experience somewhere else or going to school in a different country. It's hard because people expect you to fit in right away. And when you don't, you also start to retrieve into yourself a bit. I think it's easier to adapt to a place the younger you are. I moved from France at a very young age. I moved to Spain when I was 10. It was easy for me to adapt there and make friends. But then when I recently moved to England, I felt there was a certain difference that I felt like I didn't fit in as much or I I had to work harder to fit in or I didn't feel like I was myself. It made me more introverted in a sense. It's tough because you can't really force people to be friends with you. And sometimes it can be a bit lonely, but I'm lucky to be surrounded by people who are like me, who have come from a different country, who are possibly in a similar situation, and we all get along really well, and we create theatre now together. And do you think that as immigrants, you find it easier to relate to other immigrants? Yeah, I would say so, definitely. Yeah, you go through similar experiences, and it's more drastic than some, but yeah, that definitely helps to be able to talk to other people who've been through similar experiences. But I think the great thing about our show is that it also just goes beyond that. I think we've all experienced in one circumstance or another a situation where we didn't feel like we belonged. It doesn't necessarily mean that I've changed countries or that I've gone through this crazy experience. Beyond all the political and the history stuff that we've got, we hope that we can speak to anyone who comes to see the play, even if they feel like they're far from that experience. But Maybe they have glimpses of a situation where they didn't belong and they feel like the play spoke to them in that manner. I moved here in 2015 from Denmark and the culture is really not that different. I love England, I love the people here, I love living here. But I remember the day after Brexit happened, going out was really weird all of a sudden because I felt that I wasn't welcome I don't think that was the intention of that vote, but it left me with a feeling of, oh, shoot, when do I need to leave? But that's on a mild scale compared to the topic we bring up in the show. What specifically was it that made you feel so unwelcome? Obviously, you've said the Brexit vote. Was it a particular way that people behaved towards you? I mean, unwelcome's very strong. I wouldn't say I felt unwelcome. I just felt people did try to be friends with me, and I did try to be friends with everyone. It's more on a communication level that... It's different cultures, and sometimes you don't know how to communicate on that level. 
And I think it's more of a communication problem rather than, oh, no, he's an immigrant, let's not talk to him. So how can communication be improved? Do you think that your show is one I of mean... the ways? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, we'd love to think so, yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> in our show, we do speak about communication being a struggle. It's hard when people haven't had that experience of having to move to a different country or having to live somewhere else, it's hard for them to relate to. So maybe it's not necessarily that they want to make you feel unwelcome on purpose. It's just that they haven't had that similar experience. And so when you're trying to fit in with people and they don't know what to do with you, whether because they've categorized you, yeah, it's difficult. So a lot of the times you have to do the integrating yourself into society, which sometimes can be hard. London is such a cosmopolitan city, so that's great. You, You run into a lot of people who are in a similar situation. We're closing our borders again everywhere, here in the U.S., and it just doesn't really make sense to us when people really need help and need us and need these countries that have the resources. So hopefully we can speak about it through our play. And what's really interesting is that your play does go through the different decades. We decided to use music and pop cultural references to travel through time to help people understand that the next scene that they're watching is taking place in a different decade. We tried to find some classics. If you have Elvis in the 50s, then you have The Doors in the 60s and ABBA in the 70s. It's very different. So we tried to find some really popular, iconic songs, and then we mix it with some speeches from that time. Film quotes, a bit of James Bond. We've got Churchill, Margaret Thatcher, (laughs) President Kennedy, all these iconic quotes and it's to show the passing of time it's to (laughs) get us into different costumes but it's also to give the audience a moment of let's 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 dance let's dance we're getting into a different costume but we're also encouraging the audience to celebrate with us and have a good time so what are are they celebrating with you knowing the songs they like to sing along people are usually a little bit afraid to really sing along with the transition music but they know the song and you can see them tapping their feet on the floor or just moving their heads we just want to encourage people to just go like yeah whoo and just sing along if they can you were talking about assimilating i guess people in the audience from all different cultures coming from all different countries do you feel like them all hearing a song like that and dancing is one way of you bringing them together definitely for sure We've performed the show at East 15 where we have loads of different nationalities. Everyone knows Aretha Franklin or Britney Spears. Britney Spears. (laughs) I think it it really connects us all. In terms of how you developed the show and how you did your casting, how did it go from the original thought process to the reality that it is now? Loads of research first. Mm. Documentaries, biographies, books, talks, reaching out to people. We're currently talking to Amy Williams, who is writing a PhD on the kinder transport, who has been a great help in developing the characters, what they went through. She's Mm. met a lot of them throughout her research. We all wanted to work together. We originally applied for a pub theatre festival, so we knew that we had a deadline. We needed 30 minutes of work. We had one performance And then we're like, oh, we'd like to develop it further. They had an opportunity to present it at East 15 as part of the International Festival. And then we actually had time to be in a rehearsal room, write and try it on our feet. And no, this doesn't work. Let's try this. And just a lot of trial and error. And you actually devised this between you. So you improvised scenes and then did you then go and write it as director? How did it work? I think most of the writing comes from the actors and then... 
they'd come and show me the scenes and then I'd either say yay or nay, depending on where I thought the story needed to go to or we needed more of this and less of that. It's great because there's a lot of trust among the group. So if something's not working, I feel comfortable saying it, knowing that they're not going to take it personally or be offended. And sometimes they do fight me on it. They're like, no, I want this line because I feel strongly about it. And then do they win? Sometimes, yeah, because sometimes they've thought about the character in a way that I couldn't have because they're embodying it. They're being this person. And so I do encourage them to fight me on stuff because sometimes there are things I'm not going to think of. Sometimes they win and sometimes I win. (laughs) It's sort of the beauty of Devise work. It's very hard because you have to listen and compromise in a good way and hold on to stuff and let go of other things. But we all have the same goal in mind. And we all know what's important to us and what we want to communicate. Would you say that this play is a real mixture of, I know you said it's not a comedy, but it's funny. It's not a tragedy, but it's also sad. What is it? (laughs) (laughs) It was important for all of us to touch on a serious subject, but also to insert a bit of humour and life. And the strength of these performers are the connection that they have with each other, but also that's how we were able to find these beautiful moments during the rehearsal and things that would just come up that we thought might be entertaining, but without taking the mic. It is a fine balance. You are talking about something sensitive, but at the same time, it's life. And we wanted to also emphasize how strong their friendship is. So do you think there's sometimes a danger in the news that when people hear about anti-Semitism, about Brexit, about certain attitudes towards immigrants, do you think sometimes people who don't identify as part of that group might find it difficult to relate to those people? Yeah, I think so. I only moved here three years ago, all safe and sound back home in Denmark, and of course I can't relate to that. I'm not Jewish myself, so I can't relate to what it must feel like to experience anti-Semitism. I try to understand this, and I think it's important that we highlight this, that we talk about this. How does it feel, and what are the repercussions of it? So what are the benefits of doing this kind of thing through the theatre? We've recently been talking to a charity called Safe Passage. One of their main focuses is to really help children who have been separated from their families. And so we'll be collecting donations for them at the end of each show. And they've also just launched a campaign because of the 80th anniversary. They're trying to get the UK government to bring another 10,000 children in honour of the kinder transfertees. Another 10,000 children from where? Syria, Iraq. Any child that maybe has relatives or parents in the UK, they're going to try and bring them over so that they aren't separated from their families. And the plan is to do it over the next 10 years. But they want to do it to honour the 10,000 children that were saved. Why should people come and see your show? First of all, we're emerging artists. And I think it's very cool if you come support emerging talent. Go see something different. We're at Theatre N16. It's a really cool venue. So to experience a bit of cultural life. But if you just want to go out with your friends and see an entertaining play that actually might communicate some sort of truth to you we all created the show and we think we have a great story and we think we have a good show (laughs) right yeah Yeah. we do (laughs) so i'm really excited to go and see it i'm going to see it on tuesday with my grandmas who are very excited as well so how can everyone else go and get their tickets and what are all the details we've got performances from september the 9th which is a sunday up until 
13th of September, which is a Thursday. So it's five days performances at Theatre N16. Uh, you can book your tickets at www.fingerscrossedtheatre.com or on the Theatre N16 page. Or you can also follow the link in this podcast and get your tickets there. Thank you very much to Fingers Cross Theatre. I'm Alex and you've been listening to Camden Community Radio. You are listening to a podcast from Camden Community Radio. www.ccradio.org Thank you.